Welcome to the Open Bedroom Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Kalo. Welcome to conversations about open relationships, online dating, conscious uncoupling, and creating the relationship that truly aligns for you. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope that you do a couple things for us. Would you subscribe? Would you write a review? Maybe share us with your friends. And if you extra, extra like us, there's a link in the show notes here for my Patreon that does help pay for the creation of this podcast. And lastly, follow us on The Open Bedroom. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have Shana James. I've known Shana for about five years. She's a coach. She's an author. She's also a fellow podcaster. She's spent the last 15 years coaching men and writing books for men. Today's episode, you've got it. It's all for the men. And our topic Yay. today is how to make it safe for men to have vulnerable conversations. So I'm going to stop right here, Shana. Go ahead if you want to introduce yourself any further, talk about the work that you're doing or your book, and then we'll jump into this topic. Thank you. Well, I might age myself by saying it's now been 20 years that I've been doing this. Uh, your website says um, 15. So that's the I only know, reason I, I need got to that. edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Two days. Um, yeah. So, okay. I mean, I'm so happy to talk about men. I've been, I've been really focusing on men and working with men, you know, since I started, I thought I was going to work with women more, but I really ended up focusing on men and just feeling how I, as a woman can be an ally for men. Um, I had some experiences in my twenties where I got to really love and support men and see behind the, the mask or the curtain. Right. And men were super vulnerable with me in this course that I was brought into to give men honest and loving feedback. And it changed my life because, you know, that age in my twenties, I was still men are this and men are that. And, you know, a lot of those, um, generalizations, right. That don't serve anybody. And I really got to see that every single man I interacted with had such a deep heart and that whatever, whatever he was doing that might not have worked to create connection with women, was coming from a place of, um, you know, desire and a, like a desire to do good and be good. And so it, it just blew my heart open. And, um, I've been focusing on working with men ever since. Why do you think that you see through such a unique lens versus mm -hmm. if we looked at the rest of society, I'm feeling a lot of, yeah, anti-men. And I know men are feeling, um, men are scared. Like I know. my partner is a white man and he's like, I I've never been like more terrified of being a guy. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't, I couldn't choose that, you know, coming in, I was going to be white and be a guy, but yeah. here we are. And, uh, all of a sudden we are not popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do believe that having the view and getting to see like the underbelly of men, mm -hmm. um, that that's why I see men differently, right? Because most of us, even when I think about my friends who are women who are dating, they go out in the world and they see a man and he does a thing. And there's a lot of like, oh, I don't know, like he's doing that or that doesn't work for me or I don't like it or I felt mm -hmm. disrespected or, but there isn't always, and it, my the women who are conscious in my life, right? Like, you know, they're, they're looking underneath, but there isn't always in our society a, a looking underneath, like, oh, okay. So, you know, a man reached out in a way that felt kind of awkward to me. Um, 
if I'm coming from a place of compassion and if I'm coming from a place of my own empowerment, I could actually say, hey, I'm just noticing that this dynamic is feeling awkward for these reasons. And I wanted to check in with you because I want to try to understand what what you're going for here. I'm not quite getting it, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of history with assume the best and get curious instead Mm -hmm. of judge and (laughs) shut down and make assumptions, right? And that actually started in the intentional relating community that I was in. And then we founded these workshops for men. And so it was really a foundation of our work together. And so I think that allows me to that. And then the more I see that way, the more amazing experiences I have of men, like where they start to show up because I see them in that way instead of cutting them down. And so the more experiences I have, right, the more it, Mm. I'm like, oh my God, there are Mm. tens of thousands of men out there who are doing amazing things and acting in amazing ways. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's very, it's like law of attraction-ish, right? Like if you're looking for angel numbers, you're going to see more angel numbers. If you're looking for the good in people, you're going to see the good in people. And so as you've been talking, I'm really drawn to this word, like that you keep saying underbelly, you've seen the underbelly. Can you go back and talk a little bit more about the experience that you had and what you saw that then opened your eyes and made you feel kind of like this awakening? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the examples I'm thinking of is we did this exercise called the silent approach. And so men would walk up to me and there would be usually two women sitting there and they would not say a thing. And then we'd just stand there, they'd stand there for like 30 seconds. We'd look at each other and then we would get to share the impact they had. So it was never giving advice. You should stand this way. You should do this. You should say this. It was more just like, whoa, being with you right now, like I felt fear. I felt some sadness or I felt like, you know, this resentment or like, you know, and then checking in to see, is any of that true? Mm -hmm. So in that exercise and a bunch of other different kinds of exercises, I got to see this, you know, deep longing for love and connection and the pain of um, whether it was women or men or whoever in their lives told them that they weren't good enough or rejecting them or, you know, neglecting them. Like I just, I got to see all of that, all of that. That's kind of what I'm calling the underbelly is the vulnerability of being human that many men keep under wraps because they've been taught to suck it up and man up and not cry and do all the things that, you know, you won't be attractive or, mm-hmm you won't be respected. And so I got, I get to see that. Whereas I think other people get to see more the mask and the facade. Hey there. I love to tell you about my Patreon account. So as many of you know, as things become more and more censored, it's harder for content creators like us to stay live on these amazing platforms like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. So what I've done is our spicier content now lives over on Patreon. We currently have some really fun episodes up, like how to give amazing blowjobs. I also just recorded and uploaded my night in a dungeon with a dominatrix. What can you expect? Weekly episodes and weekly content, some of it being sex ed, some of it being story and erotic telling, like I just did with my night in the dungeon. Some of it being more podcasting where we have a guest on. So for an entry price right now of $5 per month, you can hop into my Patreon account and check it out. Check the show notes below for more information. Hope to see you there. Bye.
when I met you in person, it was on the island of Hawaii. And we did this exercise where you have the two circles, the inner circle and the outer circle, and you're yeah. facing each other and you're witnessing each other. And sometimes you're not, you're like, I don't think you're saying anything like the speaker, there's something it's led and you're just looking, looking at each, other's, each other's eyes. eyes. Mm-hmm. And I remember that moment and I was paired with Marcella, of course, who was also my roommate, who I got to know really well. Oh, I love that. And I remember her holding space for me. And I was such like a baby at this time to self-development and self-improvement. And I'd never been to anything like this. And I was deeply in my masculine. And I remember looking in her eyes and just bawling hysterically. I could not keep myself together. And you're saying this not because you remember me because that's what happens to everyone. And I, I did the same and this was just women. This was the women's retreat that you guys put on. And I did the same exact thing, you know, Ian and Jaya from the erotic blueprints. I'm sure. Yep. Yep. So I went to their event in Boulder last year and it was like 600, a thousand. I don't know. There were a shit ton of people. (laughs) There was a lot of people in this ballroom and they put us in the same exact position, but this time there were men. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time that I had a man standing in front of me. And by this time I've done this exercise like 20 times, every women's retreat I have been to, I have done this and like, I can hold my shit together really well at this point. And I've processed it. And let's just say like, you don't have to hold your shit together, but no, 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 no. (laughs) <laughs> but I like, I've done it so much that I'm like, yeah. I can hold space for you. And if anything yes. comes up for me, great. Yeah. But I remember this man standing in front of me and he like had never done this obvious. Like he's just like me. Like the first time was just such a mess and crying and like, couldn't look at me in the eyes even like just so yeah. much coming up for him. Yeah. And it was so beautiful to stand there and so witness beautiful. a man being open, like yeah. really being in touch with his feelings and so I think I can sort of feel what you felt in that moment. Yeah. And I wonder if our listeners or viewers, if you're watching this video, I wonder if you've ever done that Like in your whole life. Have you ever stood in front of a man, if you're a woman, especially, and just held space, like just yeah, looked just at them? Welcomed or loved or accepted or approved of or appreciated, right? Like with words or without words. And just allowing for that. I mean, I think so. And when I I did a TEDx talk a bunch of years ago, right before the pandemic, what a thousand men's tears reveal about the crisis between men and women. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, we as women, well, I'll say we, because you and I are both (laughs) identified as women, um, uh, like that women often aren't taught or trained how to hold space for men and men are taught not to express. And so there's this cultural dynamic then that if a man starts to express or emote, or then we would call that fall apart, which doesn't have to be fall apart, right? Um, Women get scared. Like, oh, my rock is gone. Now he's going to be a wimp. Now he's going to be all emotional all over the place. But the thing that happens that I've seen in my relationships and with my clients is that, I mean, and first of all, I also support men and teach men how to express and feel and all of that without feeling like they're falling apart, right? Like they've got their own back. They, they, they're sovereign, they're solid, they're strong, they love themselves. And so then it's like they express and, oh, you know, I'm having feelings. It's not like I'm a mess. It's like, oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling, right? Um, and with women, I feel like there's a way that when we actually feel our own strength and our own power and we're not trying to get a man to be someone so we can feel 
safe or so we can feel powerful or right. Like, you know, there are interdependent dynamics, of course, that we support each other, but if at the core, we need someone else to be a certain way so we can feel good about ourselves, mm-hmm. it's a lose, lose dynamic. And so as women can feel more empowered, like, oh, I can be strong and I can be soft and he could be strong. This is for heterosexual relationships, obviously. He could be strong and he could be soft. And the relationships I've been in over the past 20 years where I hold space for a man to feel and cry or, you know, like be vulnerable in those ways, they just get stronger and stronger and more loving and more generous. And it's so beautiful. I love that. So I love the way that you just described that. And I'm curious, I'm going to bet that most of the women listening have never actually held space for their man in this way. Do you have like a little practice that they could do? Uh, Like maybe tonight they're like before bed, okay, I listened to this podcast and I learned that I can hold space for you and really feel into you in a certain way. And I'd love to try it. Like what would it be? Okay. I love it. So the first thing that's coming to me is, um, Asking a question like, what's something that either what's something that I don't, you don't think I know about you or what's something you want me to know or understand about you? Or um, I like the context you gave, like, oh, I listened to this podcast and there's something I want to try. So that sets it up. And and another kind of question could be, um, you know, what's happened in your week that where you didn't feel like you had it all together or where there was some kind of fear or some kind of, you know, something that bothered you. So I don't like to give scripts necessarily, but there's just a couple ideas of how you can ask a question, right? You can get curious in a way where you're inviting a man to go a little bit deeper than he would. And you can also set it up with saying, um, I just want to listen or I want to, I want to listen to understand you mm. and get to know you more. And I welcome, you know, if there's any emotion or anything that feels intense for you, like I want you, I want you to feel safer and safer to be with me and to share with me in these ways. So I said a lot. So tell me, no, I love that. <laughs> which, cause it leads me into my question. So the reason that I contacted you in the first place, because we've yes. been Facebook friends for five years now and I see your yeah. stuff, but it doesn't usually like make me stop. And yeah. you had written this post and it, it made me stop. And I, I brought it, it's, I brought my partner, Scott, and I was like, read this. What do you think about this? And it was something around the effect of what we're talking about. And he was like, Jen, men don't share how they feel. They don't have conscious communication or they don't even bring up something that bothers them because women create a hostile environment. Men don't feel safe. And so I love this practice because you're saying, I just want to listen to understand you. And I think with enough of these, you kind of pattern that. Yeah. You build that safety and intimacy and connection. And, you know, one of the things that when I work with men, my goal is to support them to be able to say whatever they need to say and to be vulnerable uh, I wouldn't say no matter what, like not if a woman's going to be disrespectful or abusive, but to know that, okay, a woman, you might start to say, you know what, honey, I felt really vulnerable today. Mm-hmm. She might be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Or like, yeah, guys don't, you know, if she discounts it to not go down that shame spiral of, oh God, now I'm weak. There's something wrong with me. I'm not, I'm less of a man. 
like to be able to to know his own worth from the very core so that he could be like, hey, that didn't feel good. You know, actually, there's something I would love to share with you. And I want you to know me better. And I want to know you better. And so like, I want the kind of relationship where, you know, we can be honest with each other. And, and I need that, right? Instead of either there's there's one or that's the middle road, right? Then the other options are like to collapse or to posture and defend. So oftentimes there's kind of a collapse into like, oh, well, okay, that's how she feels. So I guess I'm just going to suck it up and I'm never going to talk about this stuff again. Or the defensive would be like, you always do that. Or you fucking, you know, you tell me I'm this. And then mm-hmm. you tell me, you tell me you want me to be open with you. But when I do, you just shit on me, which it's totally valid, right? Yeah. But you can say it in a way where you're like, hey, here, here's the vision I have for us, right? It's not coming from as much of a like defensive, resentful place. It's more coming from that collaborative, connected place. And it's leading me in such a perfect journey to oh. a real life example that I'd love to watch you figure this piece out. Okay. okay. Great. So I had somebody contact me on Instagram and he's like, here's the deal. I've been married 30 years mm-hmm. and my wife is constantly yucking my curiosity. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's yucking my yum. He's like, I have been monogamous with her our entire marriage. I've never looked at another woman our entire marriage and I'm fucking dying inside. I want to try new things. I want to open up sexually. He was like, I have these feelings and I think I might be a voyeur and I want to go to a sex club and just watch other people have sex or like look in a window. And like, I want to, I want to like satiate these things that are inside of me that are coming up. And Every time I bring it up to her, she says like over my dead body and I'll divorce you before we do that. And like, you can't have that. There's something wrong with you. You're perverted. And so she's calling him all these things. And this is such a great example. And and in fact, it's kind of the opposite, right? Where the husband is asking for something and she's the one being like, so how would you, how would you, what would you recommend for these people? So I wrote about this in my book on a sex because I, I said, you know, if you're with someone, if you or your partner, and usually if one person's doing it, the other person's doing it in some way, or there's like a counter, right? It takes, takes two to tango. So there's some, there's something going on, but, and, and sometimes with this guy, it might be that he hasn't stood up for himself. And so if he's over time, just been like, okay, I guess that's, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, the doormat thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the 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 place that I would suggest there is a kind of curiosity and a vulnerability of like, hey, I know that you've been saying, and it takes kind of backing up to have a conversation about the conversations and about how we want to relate to each other. So in the middle of one of those heated dynamics, you can, but it can be a little harder for the first time to be like, hey, this isn't working for me, you know? I don't want to talk about it this way. I need to hear something different from you. But outside of that moment, it could be like, hey, I realized the last time we had a conversation, you said over my dead body or, you know, I'll divorce you. And I realized that this is actually something that's really important to me. And so I need to have a conversation with you about it in a loving, compassionate way. Mm-hmm. And I I get this could be really triggering and there's something in here that is really terrifying for you. And I'm not saying I'm going to go out and do something, but 
if we don't actually talk about it and we're not connected about it, you know, then more likely I'm going to act out or do something, you know, something crazy could happen. And the next time I walk by a sex club, I might just walk in or I don't know, I'm kind of joking now, like you might not say this, right? But, you know, if you can't have that conversation, that is when people act out, that is when people have affairs. And so not like you need to bring that into the conversation immediately be like, fuck you, if we don't do this, I'm gonna have an affair. Mm -hmm. But it's more like, hey, this is an important part of me and we're getting older and I don't want to die never having, you know, experienced some of these things. And so I want to talk about them to see how could we make it safer or is there something else that we can share together that would scratch this itch isn't really the right yeah (laughs) i mean it is right feed this desire or yeah satisfy this desire and and the conversation about conversations is like are we judging each other or are we compassionately curious about each other right are we immediately coming with this sense of like no that's not me and in my book i talk about you're not who you think you are and your partner's not who you think they are because we can have all of these surface reactions Mm -hmm. and there's a deeper truth under the surface that is vulnerable and honest and not just a like, that's not me. It's more like, oh, okay, I say that's not me because I feel really scared and uncomfortable when, you know, you talk about this thing. Mm. Yeah, it'd be so interesting to hear her side. So I want to like zoom us back out because we just got really micro here into like, how would we tactically solve this thing? Right. Coming back from a 30,000 foot view, if you're that woman who is naggy to her husband or yucking on his yum or not listening, not holding a safe space, what would you recommend to her to Mm. soften, to be receptive, to help, to create a space for him to feel that he can share yeah. Because if she doesn't, I think she's going to constantly feel frustrated. Totally. Right? I mean, first I would say she's got to have someone or someone that she can go to, to be able to vent, but vent in a conscious way, which means I hate this. This is frustrating. This is awful. He's a you know piece of shit for these reasons, whatever. And knowing, okay, this isn't true. This is just the the shit I need to burn off. I feel like I'm swearing a lot today. <laughs> the top of my head. It's totally okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, and then to actually consciously come to, all right, what do I want? What's true for me? How can I be empowered in this situation? Right? Because when we're just nagging or bitching, it's a very disempowering place. We're not actually collaborating or creating something new. We're not making a request. We're not, you know, it's, it's, it's much more vulnerable to make a request or to say, Hey, this isn't working for me. Um, and so oftentimes that's where the nagging comes in or the bitching or just, I feel defeated. It's never going to change, but the reality is nothing is ever going to change from that place. And men just get more and more entrenched, the louder and angrier a woman gets. So I would say, um, you know, first have a place where you can vent, where you can release. Maybe it's your journal too, right? And then have a place where you can actually look from a compassionate lens and see the man as, instead of seeing him at its wor- at his worst, see him at his best and then consider what, do, what would I want to see here or experience here for him to live his best with me or express his, you know, be his best with me. And that's something that you can then start to ask for 
again, it's more vulnerable and it can take some practice. And I've been thinking about doing an honest sex course for women around this too, because, you know, it's, it's scary and it's not always easy because when you make a request, someone could say no, when you nag, you just, everybody just kind of walks away. Um, but it's painful and frustrating and it breaks relationships. And so, yeah, that's my first, my first take on it. I have two questions and then I'll promise I'll wrap this up. My side question to this is why do men stay in relationships where they don't feel safe to communicate and they're constantly being nagged? Yeah. Well, I think we've taught, I think the culture has taught men that this is how women are. So there's a kind of lower expectation, like, um, and I know for myself as a woman, I've been taught that men only have certain capacities or this is just, you know, men's intellectual or emotional capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for a while I was like, okay, I guess this is, I guess this is what I get, right. I guess this is what's available. So I actually recently wrote a post that I haven't put out there yet about men, like how most men I think haven't in heterosexual relationships. Um, a lot of men haven't experienced like real love in a kind of devotional way. And I don't mean devotion in some kind of, um, I don't know. Weird, like, creepy, religious, weird, thing. creepy way. Right. <laughs> but, but like an open hearted, right. Like yeah. a super open hearted, caring. I want to mm-hmm. take care of you. I want to love you. I want us to be connected in all these ways and have a beautiful sex life. And, um, so, yeah, I think that because men have seen so many examples of women who are nagging or, you know, complaining or whatever, that it just seems like, all right, I guess this is what's possible. And a lot of us get these examples from our parents and don't have the best examples. So we don't see, oh, it could be different. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So my last question is, Have you worked, I'm assuming you have worked with tons of men that have gone through something like this. Like, can you tell us the success story of like, how did it, how did the woman end up working and softening and creating a safe space where he could then communicate? And then what happened to their relationship when all that changed? Yeah. Well, amazingly, I have an example um, from this morning of a man who he read one of my guides. Like, I think it was something about like the 10 principles of creating connection or something. I, I actually have to go back and even see which one it was. Cause I wasn't clear as he was talking to me, but he was like, I tried that thing that you said. Um, and, and I was like, I was, I was ready to be like, well, it doesn't work the first time. So don't, you know, lose hope. And he was like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's like, it was amazing. So, um, yeah, he basically was like, I'm often distracted and I'm not, you know, I'm not paying super close attention. He was like, and I went and I just stood in front of her and I was just present and I, you know, looked at her and he was like, and she started crying and she started saying that, you know, oh my gosh, it's not, I'm sorry that we've been distant and it's not your fault. And like, you know, so again, once something like that happens, it's not like everything just falls into place. Mm-hmm. But it was so beautiful of to hear that he had just, he slowed down and he started to pay attention and bring his presence to her. And Mm -hmm. she started to see, oh, this isn't what, I don't want that dynamic either. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've had, you know, I've worked with thousands of men at this point and there are times when, I'll, I'll be totally honest, right? There are times when men start to bring more of this kind of presence and compassion and curiosity and the women are just like, 
stuck in their resentment and their frustration and the, you did this to me and I'll never forgive you. And those men oftentimes end a relationship or move on. And there are other men who the woman does something like that, right? Where she's just like, oh, this has been so painful and it's been, you know, awful for both of us. And like, okay, can we try something different? So mm. I often say to men when they come to me, like, I can't promise and I can't guarantee that this relationship is going to be the one, you know, where you get to have that kind of love. My, my goal is to get it to that place. And ultimately I want you to be able to be so clear and, you know, lo in love with yourself that whoever the person is in your life, in, in this case, usually a heterosexual relationship, because that's the men I tend to work with. Um, you know, that you get to create love from this foundation and you get to, like, I have a guy who's creating a new relationship after a divorce. And he's like, I've never, <laughs> never in my life had this kind of intimacy. I've never been supported in this way. I've never had this kind of sex, you know, that's so connected and intimate and just mind blowing. And so, yeah, many, many things can happen. I love that. And I find it's interesting because I think the, the same kind of clients that you get, I'm getting a lot of the women and they're like, I've been in these relationships for one or two decades. You know, we've been together since our early twenties. No one's having sex with anyone anymore. Like we don't even speak to each other. We walk around the house with, you know, AirPods in our ears, so disconnected. Yeah. And what I also find is a lot of times they're having sex the same way they were when they were 16. Exactly. And they're like, it, no one's tried anything new. Nobody's like, watch so video or read a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you realize you can have incredible depth of intimacy and conscious communication and passion in your lovemaking. And what was the word that you used earlier? Like having a partner that's like excited for you to be in your life and passionate about that. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, there's no reason to stay in a marriage that's just dead, but like continue but to try. First try, right? Yeah. Like, like turn all the most, rocks over. <laughs> exactly. Because most people haven't done what it takes to be consciously connected and to be intimate with a partner, right? Most people are either kind of just pulling away, like you said, or getting angry, you know, they're defending or they're collapsing. And so that middle ground of actually being vulnerable and checking in to see like, Hey, what is, what do you want here? What do I want here? Like, could we try making more of that happen? Cause we well, both seem pretty miserable. The example that you gave from this morning was all he did was fully focus on her and stand in front of her and yeah. she starts crying, yeah. which tells me that there's so much disconnection that we cause in our lives. A lot of it's dissociation, what, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's a great coping mechanism. Yeah. But I love the way that you said that because yesterday Scott and I ended up having dinner. I, I wore this really cute outfit and I work from home and I never get to like, I always wear <laughs> yoga pants or I'm wearing like, today I'm wearing like a, a romper and I was like in leather. Like I was cute. Hot. And I'm like, babe, can we please go out and have dinner? Like I feel sexy and fun and I want to go out with you. And we went to dinner and I noticed he was so present and mm -hmm. we had so many fun conversations. Like it was like one topic after the next, after the next time you listen to a podcast about aliens, what's happening with Trump. <laughs> like we just kept going on and on and on. 
the check was paid. We were still sitting there talking to each other. And I left, I looked at him and I was like, thank you for being so present with me tonight. Oh, you gave me such a gift. And we're together all the time. Like his office is right on the other side of my wall. We, We work from home. Like, but there was something different where we, we weren't distracted and we were looking yeah. at each other and we were connecting and talking about like dating apps and like what's happening with this and who's well, that and how beautiful and- that your appreciation of him then encourages more of that, right? It's like, oh, thank you so much. And you actually took it to heart. And then he feels like, oh my gosh, I got to, you know, support and love her in a way. And he feels like he gets to win. And anytime we feel like we're appreciated and we get to win. We want to do more of those things. Yes. And the nagging and bitching and complaining, we don't work. want to do. <laughs> no. Okay, Shana, this has been incredible. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people listening that are like, I need more of her. Can you tell us all the various ways to get in contact with you? Your website is yeah. amazing. It looks like you have a ton yeah. of resources and classes and things. And yeah. Yeah. So if you go to shanajamescoaching.com and Shana is S-H-A-N-A. Um, if you go to, you know, shanajamescoaching.com slash honest dash sex, you'll see more about my book on a sex. And in the middle, there's a spot where you can get a free chapter. And the chapter is what is sex actually? Cause there's a whole conversation about like, are we even being honest about what sex is? You know, it's so limited based on our cultural definitions. Mm-hmm. So if that's exciting, you can, you know, get a sense of the book and see if it would support you. And if you want to read more, um, yeah, there's a couple different guides on my website. Usually most of them are for men, but there's a, a page for women Saw and that. I have a podcast yep, called man alive. So you can check that out. So almost 300 episodes. I know. That's Holy weird. Cow. <laughs> it's so wild. It's like, you know, in the blink of an eye sort of, or how with parenting, it's like the days are long, but the years are short. It's kind yeah. of those. Yeah. And when you're doing what you love, you look up and you're like 300 episodes in. Oh my gosh. Congratulations on that. It is a great podcast. Make sure. And I'll put all these links below to the website, to the freebie, you know, to the one chapter, to her podcast. Like make sure that you stop and subscribe. Mm. Shana has amazing guests. She also does solo episodes. Like there's so much good content in there. And it's so well-produced as well. Like you sound so nice and clear and I love the music and it's always fun to hop into someone else's podcast and you're like, oh, this is done really well. Like I want to listen to this. (laughs) I've also, you know, I've heard a lot of couples have actually emailed me and been like, oh, one or the other will be like, I listen, I I had my wife listen to this with me or I had my husband listen to this with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, together it gives so much to talk about and so much to understand. So it's geared toward men, but the content, everybody tells me, people of all genders tell me like, oh, you know, that applies to me too. I just gear the questions toward men because it's much more rare that men have information about relationships and dating Mm -hmm. and sex and health and all of that. And an ally Um, that's a woman for sure. Exactly. exactly. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you. Thank you too. This has been delightful. All right. See you later.